Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fatherhood won't instantaneously cure the things that we're, we're struggling with. If anything, they help amplify them and make them very clear and precise because now you kind of owe yourself to someone else and you got to figure that out. Hey guys, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood. On the Believe Podcast Network, I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. Welcome to the end of my guests for season one. Oh my gosh, guys, we have had seven amazing fathers, including this episode right here, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I just wanted to say I am so excited about season two. It is already right around the corner. I've got some awesome guests lined up. I've even already had some of those chats and interviews, so I cannot wait to tell you more about season two. But I have found in my own life how important stopping and reflecting has been. So over the next two weeks, I'm going to reflect on these nearly two months worth of interviews and I'm going to bring you along with me. Next week's episode will sort of be like a a best of. I'm going to take a lot of the dad advice that I've had over the, the past seven dad interviews, compile it into one you know, burrito, one breakfast burrito of dad advice. It's going to be delicious and tasty and you're going to love it. The week after that, uh, I'm going to kind of reflect on my own things that I've learned talking to all these dads and what I've learned over the past two months or so as I've been attempting fatherhood. Yeah. And then I'm going to give you a sneak peek into season two, which launches around Father's Day, which is so exciting. So get ready. And I know what you're thinking just telling you all of this was a classic dad move, right? It's like the, okay, kids, we're going to go to the grocery store. Then we're going to get some gas for the car and then we'll head to the park. All right. Uh, But expectations, right guys, that's everything, you know, clearly, you know, all right, enough about the future on to the present. This week, I'm talking with my friend, Eric Figueroa. And if you've ever listened to the show, you've heard his voice before because he's the guy who sings Attentive Fatherhood. Yes, he was messing around with like this auto-tune filter that he had. And I asked, would you just sing the title of the show? And who knows, maybe I'll use it, maybe I won't. And I heard it was like, okay, yes, we have a new show open. It was awesome. So I met Eric a few years ago. We were both living in New York City at the time. Uh, We were both going to the same church and seemed like a super nice guy. But at first glance, we don't have a whole lot in common. He's from Puerto Rico. Uh, At the time, he and his wife had only been married a few years. They didn't have kids. And on top of all that, he's in corporate finance. (laughs) I know nothing about corporate finance, except it's two words that sound very fancy. And probably my parents would be more proud if I was in corporate finance. I don't know. Maybe that's part of my reflections for two weeks from now. Anyway, but we became fast friends because he's one of those people who has the ability to be both left and right brained. You know what I mean? Like he's very organizational. He's very punctual. He's business minded. But you also learn he's extremely creative. He's a highly talented musician, speaker, and community builder. And what I mean by that is he's the kind of guy at the party who's like, you need to talk to the, you guys talk, okay. And then he heads over here and he brings these people together. Of course, I haven't experienced that because of COVID restrictions, but he's that type of guy. We all know that guy. All right, here are his dad stats. Uh, First off, I usually tell people what my friends do, but I was like, dude, can you just give me a job description? I don't even know how to tell people what you do. So he said this, quote, I'm a capital risk manager helping organizations thrive during financial disruption. I make magic math crystal balls that champion people's decisions. 
I mean, come on. Certainly, I would not write that. I don't even really know what that means. I'm actually more confused now than before, but he's cool. He's in his late 30s. He's now been married for five years, and he has an 18-month-old daughter named Taya. Now, one of the things I really appreciated about this conversation is we talk a lot about breaking cycles, right? Sometimes we talk about, like, there's alcoholism. You're breaking that cycle. Sometimes maybe it's like, you know, my parents expected me to get A-pluses and anything less was bad, and, you know, trying to find that balance, you're breaking that cycle. Eric talked about how being from a military family... His parents consciously broke the cycle of how important discipline and very strict boundaries were. Because of that type of freedom, he knew he could do things like uh, he could pursue music. He also moved to New York in 2012 from Puerto Rico because he just kind of wanted an adventure for life and for spiritual reasons and so many other things. And I would argue that that wouldn't even be possible within his own structure had his parents not been conscious enough to create that freedom in his life. He also drops all kinds of fatherhood gems, even though he's only been in the game for like a few months, essentially. I'm just like crazy. This guy already has so much wisdom. He also talks about how growing up in a totally different culture, he and his wife are going to bring that balance to their daughter. And there's a lot of people in America doing this. There's a lot of people across the world doing this. But how do you balance the culture you came from and also the culture where you are you know, kind of recognizing the past and the present at the same time. Not an easy thing, but he talks about that. He also gets real, real, real about lawn care. And it's important. (laughs) I think uh, that sounds so stereotypical, but truly, I think we can all get excited about a mulching mower, right? And you spend some time at Home Depot, Lowe's, walking around. You're like, I do need that riding lawnmower, even though we just have a patch of grass, but I need that type of thing. Anyway, it's great. And I love that we can all relate to that. Okay, enough of me. It's now time to hear how Eric Figueroa is attempting fatherhood. So before we get started, let me know anything with the levels. Is there any background noise? Are we good? You're so clean. I feel like we're both in actual studios right now. Let me let me know. Tell me why nothing but a <laughs> Okay, yes. What is that? That's a vocalizer or something like that? What's it yeah, called? Yeah, so I may or may have, I've been leading worship and doing stuff online. So I have my whole like digital rig, like studio rig flowing through my microphone outside. Yeah. And I taught, I may have taught a spandex exercise class on Monday. What? And part of it was, there you go, boy band music and baby what? shark and stuff like that. I'm sorry, before we get into anything at all, a spandex class on my, how does that even come up as a, we need someone to teach. You know who would be great? Eric Figueroa. Yes. I, I don't know if great is, the, but, but it was all about, <laughs> it's like, you need, to, what is your hidden talent? And you know, all my talents are all like serious and stuff. And I'm like, I need to do something completely out of character to this crowd. So I put on a white wig, hairy wig. I did the whole Richard Simmons version. Latino wow. Meets NSYNC, meets Baby Shark and Wheels on the Bus. Because the whole fun of it is that we were dancing to Take On Me. That was like the, like the regular cardio-based song. And then it would switch to Baby Shark to help you work your hands and shoulders. <laughs> it will work, switch to Wheels on the Bus and stuff, random stuff like that. It was, With kids? No, for adults, millennials and Gen Zs and <laughs> older people. Well, what was your experience like? Are you excited to do it again or will you never uh, don the, uh, the the Richard Simmons wig again? I think spandex is important. The right size of spandex <laughs> is important. It, it kind of affects your pitch and your voice a bit. And, and you do sweat a lot. I mean, it's a Zoom session. You're teaching people how to have fun and how to exercise. It, it really is super cool to do. Uh, that and the wig itches. That's the other thing. I got to get a better quality oh, yeah. wig. You know, $5 party, you know, party city wig. Just no. no. 
No one's thinking that's a professional. That That's not ending up on Broadway. Everyone knows that. No, it, it is on YouTube and I still have to work my magic. I'm actually reporting the site, see if I can get a bandit and something, but it's, it's, oh yeah, my gosh, it's, it's out there. Okay. Well, I want you to send me that link because a screen grab from that will probably be the <laughs> thumbnail for this because <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I also love the, um, the, the little audio thing you were putting on there, the yeah, oh, that's auto-tune. There you go. Auto-tune, yes. There you go. Yes, Kanye West and early, earlier days. Um, all right, well, I know you've got a two o'clock. Let's get kicking. Um, first off, obviously, thank you so much for being here. So let's get to uh, your dad's stats. How long have you been married? How many kids? And uh, one word to describe her. Oof, I've been married for five years, 2016. We got married back home in Puerto Rico. We have one beautiful, amazing kid, baby Taya. Taya is one, she's 18 months old, which is crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, one word, Hurricane Taya. And coming from a hurricane country, I feel like I am entitled to use this word appropriately. She is Hurricane Taya in all the good, best ways possible. What, is, what makes her hurricane? What is the hurricane so clearly? I mean, you went to that so quickly. So Hurricane Taya, so in, in, when you're on the island and a storm is coming, there's a couple, and you're a kid, so there's a couple of steps through it. First is the preparation stage. Is the, a hurricane is coming, you're not going to school, it's like you get all these, these materials, these food, this stuff, these resources, and you go like, I'm ready for this, I got this, this is going to happen. And the hurricane comes and hits you in the face just randomly powerfully hits you in the face. And then after that, it, there is a moment of calm where you're like, wow, we can actually take pictures with this baby. She is cute. She's, look how, how still she is, how tranquil she is. And then the back end of the hurricane is just much more stronger. <laughs> it smacks you in the face. And then at the end of the day, it kind of rips out everything in nature and then it restarts everything all over again. And, and I mean, in a beautiful way, that's Taya every day, yes. But, you know, she's also taught us to just, we have to empty ourselves and figure out how to do this on the go and, and help us grow in so many ways, especially with COVID, which has been a crazy 2020. So I think that's, uh, I've never heard that analogy before, the, the um, hurricane, but I think that's such a great analogy for really kids coming into your life as a dad. I've talked with so many dads who have said, like, I could handle everything except my, my loss of independence my schedule completely got wrecked, uh, you know, my sleep patterns, like all of this, that's the hurricane. I love that analogy because then you get to the place where you're wooed into thinking, hey, I think I got this. I've been at it a couple months. We're feeling pretty good. We're, she's sleeping through the night. My hands, you know, I'm, I'm, I had a coffee with a friend. Like we're back to good. We're back to no. And then just all of a sudden, unexpectedly, Teething, diaper train, potty training, all these, it just, everything comes again and just smacks you. Literally, if you ever think you're finally in control, <laughs> no, yeah, enjoy That's it. That's a red flag. Like celebrate the moment, enjoy it, milk that moment. It is going to be a moment. It will not happen until they're like 25 years old. They're out of your, out of your house, maybe potentially getting married. And even then you're stressing about a whole lot of things. So It's going to be new stuff. That's yes. the thing that, uh, that I've, I've been learning too, as I've been talking to more dads is just how the, the worries shift from how am I going to get enough sleep? How am I going to make enough money for this kid? How am I all the way up to like, they're at college. How do I balance letting them fail, but not die like somewhere in between there? So um, yeah, hurricane, the hurricane goes and then it comes back again and then it goes and then it comes yeah. back again. 
And then plus there's always, it's a hurricane season. So it's not just one storm <laughs> and it's everything one after the other one. So it's, you know, it's fun that way. It's a lot of growth. We've had so much, especially me and, and, and DJ, my wife, it just figuring out things together. Like when you think you have everything figured out, you just have to push forward and see what's next. So it's been fun. How would you define fatherhood? I, to me, that was an awesome definition, but I, I uh, imagine that you've got uh, something different. Oof, how would I would define fatherhood? Yeah. You know, fatherhood in many ways has been about risk-taking. And that, that's the word, I, you know, I can come up with a, a bunch of, of prettier words to say, you know, it's being present and all these things. But as I look back over this last year and a half, and, and even with my relationship with my father, it's really a lot about just risk-taking. It's, it's helping being in a place where you can take risks for yourself but then at the same time, your child is fearless. It's just completely fearless. I have this image of my, you know, because of Tay, I've been having all these flashbacks when I was little. And I have this image of my jumping into a pool. I think it was like a party of my dad's, you know, job or something back in Puerto Rico. And I was, maybe might have been like three years old. I jumped into the pool. And the only thing I can see is my the, fa- the face of my dad just jumping towards into the pool with me, fully dressed. It's just kind of pulling me out of the water. I, I should have not been into the pool. And This was not a one, two, three jump situation. This was everyone's hanging out, cocktail party. And you're like, that looks fun. I'm going to jump into that. Literally, exactly. And, and I have that image right in my head. And I look back and, you know, I, 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 I've taken a lot of risks in my life and either in my job as a younger adult, even moving from Puerto Rico back here into New York City and, and all these things. And subconsciously, and I, know, I know this now, it's all about, you know, knowing that if, if my dad is present, I, I kind of feel more empowered to take risks and keep growing. And yes, he'll hold me accountable. <laughs> he'll so hold me accountable. But <laughs> the the eye roll there tells me yeah. so much. I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, so he'll definitely hold me accountable. But then it's also about not staying in that failure zone. And when you're a parent, as I look at Taya, even today, we, you know, she was sitting down. She was playing with her toys. She took a peek, a peek and saw me. And then she jumped on stuff of a panda bear and then jumped on top of the couch and started jumping. And they almost got into the windows. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, and she just naturally clicks into that mode because she knows that we're there if I'm there. And, and she, she can take those risks. And I really want her to grow up knowing that she, she can take risks. And also be accountable for what happens afterwards. But, but she can jump into the water. I want her to be that girl. Yeah, that's the thing is like there can't always be a safety net. So that risk will evolve as well. Like the response to the risk, I guess, will evolve as well. Yeah, definitely. Because if not, then we're just kind of just riding the tide in the water and the waves. And, and yeah, I mean, I just want her to jump out of the plane. I want her to jump in and, and pursue whatever passions, whatever's in her. But then also know, yeah, I mean, you, you got to clean up afterwards. Yes. Um, she That's still good. Doesn't, I like she, that. She still doesn't clean up afterwards. But <laughs> Working on that. That's in we'll, progress. Yeah. Accountability will happen, hopefully. Across Absolutely. My fingers, so. Was that how you grew up? Did you feel like you had like the freedom to, to jump out of the plane or to bounce off the panda bear and go toward the, the window? Or was that more like you saw your siblings doing that? How, how was that for you? It was definitely, I, I think my parents did an amazing job at, at at giving us space to kind of pursue, you know, whatever we felt passionate about. And whether it was sports, um, you know, I played tennis for a long time, but I was also into all these other sports. 
And I remember even being a big kid, not necessarily super healthy, and yet they would let me pursue these passions, even though I was killing my body and not necessarily going to make it. But it was the whole idea of they didn't necessarily restrain us uh, in a way that, that told us, oh, no, you cannot do this. Actually, no, push for it. If it's healthy and good for you, push for it. See what happens. Whatever happens, learn from it and move on. And it was kind of always a philosophy back home. And that gave us the, you know, looking back, it's, it's, it's kind of unique because I do come from an army family and my parents' parents, right. My parents' parents were like super rigid and strict and, and follow orders. And there's a lot of beauty in that discipline. And a lot of it, I, I, I still love today, but they were somehow able to kind of break us also within that, that universe, give us a bubble of space to say, yes. These are the boundaries, but go out and, you know, wreck the world and, and be good and be safe and be good to everyone. You know, we talk a lot about breaking a cycle and the cycles can be good. They can be bad. They can be moderate. That doesn't always mean alcoholism or something like that. Was that was that a conscious thing on their part? Have you ever talked to them about how come grandma and grandpa were like so strict and then you guys were less strict? You know, definitely there was some, especially as I look at my parents, siblings, there was there was a lot of breaking that happened with my parents coming together. Uh, I still don't know their full love story. I know part of their love story had to do with kind of going on on their own and saying, yeah, we're going to try this and be together, even against the best wishes of, or, or the ass of the rest of our families. Oh, so this was like a, a, a Capulet uh, kind of thing. This was like Romeo and Juliet. Like pe- family didn't want them together, but they said, we want to be together anyway. Right. And there's definitely some drama there. I've, I, I, I'm yet to fully unpack it, but it was a beautiful thing that they kind of set out and, and kind of create their own path, their own journey. You know, they've been married for like 100 years at this point now. They've, they're still together. I mean, you look good for coming from a 100-year-old couple. Oh, thank you. There you go. You know, they're, they're always side by side. And, and I think, yeah, definitely through their journey, me and my brothers growing from them, seeing them figure, these, figure out these things and, and building their new friends around there to be able to navigate with them. It was such, it's something that's definitely imprinted on us. Hey, dads, just going to interrupt here real quick for some real talk. Now, listen, I don't know if your shower routine used to be like mine, but if it was, it was a bar of soap and a shampoo conditioner combo that you got at the 99 cent store. But now I'm in charge of small people's lives. I think I can do better than that. Thankfully, the team at Bird makes that easy. Their products use a ton of naturally derived ingredients, which actually makes a difference if you're going to be slopping lotion all over you and washing your face. I mean, your skin is full of pores. Do you want chemicals and stuff just being soaked into your body? No, of course not. They have a body wash, which I love. It smells amazing, and it's got everything in there from sea kelp to green tea. It's got sea salt, red algae, vitamin B5. There's just so many things in there. And so they're offering 15% off all of their stuff. 15% off with the code BIRDAF for attempting fatherhood. I'll put the link in the podcast notes just to make it easy. But there you go. It's awesome because that purchase supports our show directly. And you get a great deal and you make your life a little bit better. Huh? I think it's a good deal. Okay. Now, back to the show. I want to talk about the the concept of what you just hit on, which was this kind of like breaking away. And it sounds like your parents did that from their parents. Is there anything in your life 
that specifically with your dad or, or parents, I guess, um, that you loved and you're like, yes, we're adding this into the family. And then what is something that you kind of felt like, mm, this isn't right for us? Could be cultural, could be, um, you know, situational, whatever. Oof. I, I want to say, you know, as me and, the, so me and Delise, me and DJ, we just bought a house. We just move into a new house out of the city. Yes, which is crazy guys, for you guys. It's like this big time. New York people don't do this. Yes, New York people should never do this. But it, <laughs> it, it felt like, I, I remember with all the stress and even with all the anxieties we may still have with, with moving out of the city, like the idea, the image of seeing baby Taya just running around and having all this space and her excitement is like, yeah, we, we're good. We, we were supposed to be here. And I think for us, it's that, that idea of putting ourselves aside and, and just making room for our children in a healthy way. I think it's something that's stuck by my parents. My parents, you know, I look back and, and all the things my parents did so that me and my brother could have some sort of chance in terms of going to school and sort of, of pursuing our passions and, sort of in, 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 in things like building relationships, like they would force us to kind of go out and play with people in many ways. And you know, as I look back at these things, they were huge. They're huge building blocks for, you know, I work in business and corporate. My brother works between the, you know, culinary industry, insurance, and all these things that he does. And these are huge building blocks for our lives. And as I think now, as we, we start this new life with Taya, yeah, it's that idea of, of, of having the space to do that and going out and, and giving ourselves for others. And I think that's something that my parents did amazingly well, beautifully well. They gave you physical space or kind of like emotional space? It's the emotional space, which is kind of weird because in Puerto Rico, Hispanic culture, you do not see that. That's very <laughs> taboo, especially being a male, especially coming from a military family. It's like you would not, you would not have a space for those things to kind of explore that. And just having the space, I keep using the word space, but just, just having the opportunity to step out of a rigid norm, to go out, explore, and and in that same token, be able to give yourself to other people, to, to be able to sacrifice yourself for other people and do it practically for the people around you, for your friends, for your family. I think that's something my parents do very well. You know, even right now through COVID, my parents are, are probably in the average 65 to 70 range. And even now today, they, they will tell no one about this. They, they're volunteering every day doing COVID, COVID vaccine rounds in Puerto Rico. Wow. And they are part of the high-risk population. But, you know, when the hurricanes came, they would go out and get on a car and, and call people and figure out how to get food and, and aid to different communities. And they, they are at the point where they should be resting, sipping Mai Tais and mojitos and the beach and just disconnected from the world. And they find so much joy in just heading out there. And that idea of giving themselves to other people in so many whole ways is, for us, is golden. And I'm still learning to do that very well, especially moving out of the city. But, but I think that's something that we really want to do in our house. What about, did you know that? I'll get to the, the second half of that, but I'm just, I want to follow up with, did you recognize that as a kid or did it take you kind of getting older to look back on it and be like, that's pretty cool? Definitely getting older. I think entitlement is a big thing uh, as you're a kid. I'm invincible. I'm, I'm where I'm at because of myself, of the efforts that I put in, of putting myself through college and all these things. Looking back, um, um, I, it might have been Renee Brown or Lovey. I got a couple of different people that I kind of follow and learn and read books from. But it's this idea of, it, it wasn't until more, more recently 
that I understood, no, no, I am, we are where we are at today because we were able to have a different starting point than other people. Yes. And, and I mean this physically, economically, but also emotionally. And in my case, where, where I hit really, where I, you know, where I had a lot of treasure, a lot of gold was in my parents had this philosophy of, hey, we may not have all the means, but we're going to go out and, you know, build the network, build the relationships, uh, get the job, do everything we can to get our children moving forward. And I think that's, that's called then. It's so funny because knowing you, that's so you. Building networks, moving things forward, building relationships, that's totally you. It's, it's trickled down. Yeah. And it's not something that I did conscious, or at least I didn't realize consciously, maybe until even a few weeks ago when my parents came over to help us move and to kind of set up. And yeah, it, it dawned on me. It's like, yeah, they've been doing this all their lives. Um, even when they get mar- got married and decided to move on. And, and when my brother came along and I came along, this, is, this has been their MO for the last 40 or 50 years. So it's been very, very encouraging to see that. And in many ways, hopefully inspired us, me and, and Delise, to kind of live that way too. Totally. All right, so that's something you're taking and adding and incorporating. And I would say already doing that from, from such a giving standpoint, you guys are always so gracious in giving, um, of your time and energy, which is just as important, if not more, than, than uh, funds and stuff like that. But what is something maybe that you look at and you think, yeah, that doesn't really fit for us? Mm. So good. Um, I've... I'm striving to be present more of the time, to be present more of the time. And I, I think the same, the same token that we like to go out and like to be out and give ourselves, we, we sometimes, especially me, I sometimes in that hecticness and that energy, I miss just enjoying the moment and be here now and enjoying the moment now. And especially with Taya, that she's growing up so fast. She's already starting school. She's doing all these things. and. And I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out in those experiences. I don't want to miss out in building those memories with her and, and, and making her feel that she is heard, that she is known, that, that she has a place for her here home. And, and your like, dad was just a hard worker, a busy guy, wasn't around, or he was there but not present? What was right. that? No, my dad, was, my dad is a super hard worker. My dad would be, he, he worked in the pharmaceutical industry and they work weird shifts. So he would you know, leave home at four or five in the morning. He would come back at, you know, six, 7 p.m. at night, take a shower, watch some ESPN, uh, you know, in the afternoons or the weekends. Yeah, we would play ball. We would hang out. We would go to church together, all these things. But at the same time, I know his energy wasn't necessarily fully there, not because he didn't want to, but, but physically, you know, now I only have one kid and I physically know that everything in my body hurts. Like I went for a three mile run the other day and I was like, what is this? What's happening to my body? <laughs> what, what is this, this thing that I'm doing? Is someone chasing me? I forgot my motivation. Why am yeah, I out here? Literally. So it, yeah. But you're in the corporate world and I, you know, a lot of the dads I've spoken with are, are, you know, kind of in that freelance space that I am. So we are, our schedule is more flexible pre COVID. Um, uh, how were you like looking at that? Cause you know, obviously you wouldn't have known that you're going to be working from home as much as you were. So that assumption of like, all right, I'm going to have to set boundaries. I'm going to go in at this time and out at that time. Was that a conversation that, that happened or it was like, we'll just kind of figure it out as we go. It's, it's, it's a conversation I wish I would have had before everything happened before 2020 happened. Uh, so a, a bit of uh, time travel here. Taya was coming out and, November 2019, before COVID happened. 
So in my plan, my in our idea was, hey, you know, we have Taya. Uh, my wife does her maternity leave. Then I do my paternity leave. And, you know, for the first six months or more or less, we're going to be covered. We're going to be fine. Set boundaries. And even in my career, I work in corporate, a lot of business strategy, a lot of, you know, making crystal balls and things like that. And I work with a lot of different teams. So I've always had that flexibility to work remote, to move around, to be on calls in different places, as long as I have my laptop. It was a great privilege beforehand. I think when COVID happened and we were all forced to live in this four, live and work in this 400 square feet space with a tiny human being next to us. Yeah. Super energetic, super happy while recovering from, from, from just having a baby and transitioning into that. And I think that's where it hit us. It's like, we have to set boundaries. We have to get better at setting boundaries and, and stopping times and, and just blocking out types in our calendars for things like fitness and, and just eating. Mental health, right? Stuff to be able to just make sure that you're 100% dad so you can be fully there. Literally, we have to do it that way. We cannot just work 20, 20, you know, 20 hours a day, take a shower and then go to sleep. Our minds will keep ticking and then we wake up the next day tired. Eventually, it's not sustainable. And it's one of the big learnings that I have from having a kid. Even though I didn't physically push Taya out of my body, um, my body did change. My body just tells me, hey, that you don't have that energy anymore to just go out put on your 60, 70 hour work week, plus do all these fun stuff creatively that you do, plus fitness, plus Taya. And it kind of helps you organize and reorder your life to say, okay, I need to start emptying my cup a bit to be able to enjoy the tea. What's been the hardest part of that? Is, is there an element that you just love that you feel like I got to let go of this or I have to reduce this thing for the greater good? Yeah, two things, um, music and community building. I love music. Um, I love studio time. I love just being out there with people. And, and I know now that, you know, for every ounce or every minute that I'm out there with people, it's less time that I'm not with Taya. And I'm not here at home. And, and not only for Taya herself, but also, you know, part of being a father is also being a husband. Yep, you, yep. It's and, a great line. And, and how do I build up uh, my wife as she pursues her career? Pers- post-maternity, it, it, you have to be physically present. You, you just have to be. So it, music and having that energy to sit down creatively, it's... it's Did you sit yeah. down with a guitar sometime and you're like, okay, here we go. Here. Okay, that's it. That's all yeah. I got. All right, off to bed. No, it's, well, it. it's exactly the same thing as CrossFit and, 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 and just going on a run. You haven't physically done it in so much then when you're ready to go, you, you think you're, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, bench press, I'm going to, you know, do all this. And then you, you start with the warm up, and you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> you're like, I'm done. nope. You, you get in the gym, you start, you're like, nah, I'm, I'm heading back home. I'm going to cook dinner yeah. uh, for the family and we're going to bed. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's super, definitely the hardest because for a very long time, it was part of my identity. You know, who I was, was tied, in many ways still is tied to what I do. And music and creativity was a huge part of that. Being out there on community building and a lot of the things that we do in terms of connecting with people, that was another big thing. And we were getting a lot of invites to just go to different places and whether it's on you know, seminars and public speaking and all these things to be out there. And we love it and we love the energy of it. But at the same time, 
we were sacrificing something that was really tied to my identity, which was Taya and, and my daughter, versus something that I was doing that I really do enjoy doing. But then we, 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 have, to, we have to start saying no. Because that struggle with identity is huge, right? Because I think you could just as easily now identify as I'm a father and I have to be a success, quote unquote, successful father. And I have to be around and I have to be present and I have to get her into a great school. And we have to, you know, all of a sudden that becomes your career, you know? Definitely. And I think also it's it's not only whether or not we, we put that mantle on and, but also what does that identity of, what does fatherhood look like to each one of us? And that could be radically different. And that could also be full of the ideas and the experiences that I had growing up. I don't want to be this type of father. I don't want to, I want to push to be able to do this. And over time, frankly, what ends up happening, if, if there are things that I didn't necessarily work out when I was younger, through my college years, uh, through my dating years, they'll just happen again over and repeat themselves again. When they I'm just repeat. To, yeah. They, they, fatherhood won't instantaneously cure the things that we're, we're struggling with. If anything, they help amplify them and make them very clear and precise because now you kind of owe yourself to someone else and you got to figure that out. That's, that is so true and so deep. I, I think when I first thought, oh, I can't wait to get married, then I don't have to worry about like, uh, you know, finding myself like, oh, like, like uh, looking, checking other girls out. I'm not going to check out other girls. I'm going to get married and I'll, I'll focus all of my attention on my, my wonderful wife. And then you get married and then you're like, oh, that didn't go away. That's still there. And I think it's just the same kind of concept is like, well, you know, when I have a kid, uh, you know, I'll, I'll finally be able to be more patient. I'm not a very patient person, but once I have, I'll, and then you're like, no, I'm still stressed out. I'm still anxious. I'm still frustrated. All these things. Um, there, <laughs> there's this awesome SNL sketch where uh, um, Adam Sandler is, uh, he's fronting a, this is a newer sketch, so it isn't like old school, but he's fronting a commercial, something that you would see like when you're watching local news or whatever. And it's to come on their tour. It's a tour company and they go to Italy and, you know, he's like, come be a part of our tours. Uh, we do these things and we go here and this. And he goes, and we do this, we go to these beautiful places. And you think this is a regular commercial. And then kind of the, the twist comes in and he goes, but let me be very clear. If you are not satisfied with your life at home, you will not be satisfied with your life on our tour. It will not cure you. And then it goes on again. There's this, this, this. Let me be clear. If you are having problems with your marriage, this will not fix it. You will come to Italy and still have problems with your marriage. <laughs> and it was just like so, so brilliant. And, but also so true. And I just don't think I consider um, healing those things for the future self. I think about the now self, but, but really it's the ripples that come ahead of us. And I think Italy is such a great example. You could be in the center of one of the most vibrant, amazingly architecturally like created spaces in the world and not even absorb an ounce of, of that energy, of that vibe, of that inspiration, just because we're too consumed in ourselves. We're too just burnt out to be able to open yeah. ourselves up to anything else. You can't, the, the taste is, is gone. The taste yeah. isn't there. The color is not there. Yeah. And, and a part of it is, you know what? Get a helmet, white, uh, you know, ride a moped through the city and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the moment and, and drink some coffee or, or tea or whatnot. But, and I think that's, that's a trick that I'm slowly discovering with fatherhood. Yes, we're giving up. I'm, I'm learning to give up these things, which I'm really passionate about for something 
that I know I'll ultimately be much more passionate about and am more passionate about, which is, which is, yes, definitely a bigger, you know, bang for the buck from your time investment perspective. Um, I have you till two or two fifteen. Well, I want to make sure you make your train like two Oh five. We can do two, two Oh five. Let's, we can keep going. All right. We'll go to, we'll go to two. I don't want you to be late for your train. You gotta get in the city, bro. (laughs) We got, we got this. We got this. All right. We got this. All right. Um, I wanted to find out culturally what's been um, just an experience as uh, somebody who grew up in Puerto Rico, specifically the parents you had, moved to America, now raising a kid in America, but also holding on to your, your own culture. How do, you, how do you balance that? How do you do that? I think holding on, it'll, this is probably one of the hardest pieces of having a multicultural you know, multicultural family and, and also just moving around a bit. And full disclosure, I do come from an army family and some of that moving around identity kind of stuck with us in our up, upbringing. But at some point you do want to set roots down and you just want to grow that trunk and, and, and be able to branch out. And I think one of the hardest pieces for us is to what point some of that uh, Hispanic, Latino, Puerto Rican culture it's something, how can we spread that across in a way that Teya can also identify with it, but at the same time, hold on to the, she was born in New York. She was born in the city. Right. And, and, and hold on to some of that hustle vibe and creative vibe that we, we really hope that she's able to get it. And it's not easy. Um, I think the, fir- the hardest part for us, frankly, is family. In Puerto Rico, oof, families are super extra, like where I come from. Like extra... Extra, extra, capital E, X, C, like <laughs> all like, bold, underlined. Like, oh, you're dating someone, and then suddenly, oh wait, oh uh, yeah, here's my, here's your aunt who she's already talking about when you guys are gonna get married. Wow. And, oh wow, I found out you're so dating involved. this person. Like overly involved, oh. hands in every part of your existence in everything, in everything from your dating life to your job. It's and it's all built like Puerto Rico is a shire. You are a hobbit and you grow up in the Shire and you do not, literally we're four feet tall people and, and we just stay in the Shire and we grew up in the Shire and you never leave the Shire. And then this idea, and, but for all of that extraness, family is always there. They're, when you give birth, you never lack medicine. You never lack the basic needs. You never lack physical care and just people rooting you on. And whether it's, you know, school, whether it's family, whether it's sports, like we can be the loudest people ever in a stadium. We, 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 we fiercely protect each other, our own, and we root each other on. And I think one of the hardest pieces in, in moving on and, and growing up here is that me and Delise, we come from that DNA. Uh, her mom had like 14, 15 siblings. And, and, oh my gosh. So literally, like we, we have that ingrained in us. And it's how do we build that same culture here in a place for Taya, especially when the first year of her life is on a context where we were not supposed to talk to anyone. We can't really bring people over to home. It's right, COVID, right. And we have to right. physically separate people. And I think for us, that's been one of the hardest things. And on top of that, our parents, they're already like, they are in the high risk population, you know, traveling with them. It, there's all these other difficulties. So it's the... I think for us is that's that part of leaving family behind and figuring out how to how do we grow that here has been one of the hardest pieces. 
what are some practical things? I mean, you guys watch Spanish television, you uh, look at photos of your family, like, like how do you kind of bring a kid up with that? So practical things that we do um, to keep that family culture on, we Zoom every single day and we FaceTime every single day, uh, at least multiple hours with her grandparents, uh, you know, my parents or, or, or my wife's parents every single day. Um, wow, that and, is commitment. And is, and is, yeah, it's every single day. And like, even, even throughout the day, like Taya could be walking around in the morning and she wakes up and she goes like, Abo, Abo is my dad's name for her. Yeah, that's what she calls her. And, and she already recognizes them. And when she sees this, finally sees them in person, she, she knows these people. She's able to associate that relationship with them. Um, Saturday morning, bros. Sorry, guys. If you are marrying a Hispanic, Latina, especially Caribbean, they're going to wake up at 7 in the morning every Saturday. They're going to put some salsa or music from the campo. And oh it's my just going to be clean day. No one leaves the house. The whole house <laughs> is fully clean. It is what it is. Um, just deal with it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Just, just happy wife, happy life. No, yeah. Forget just, your, forget your football sofa and, and lay, laying back with chips on the couch. This is not that day. Yep. Definitely. Um, getting a lawnmower has been one of the more bizarre experiences. You know, one day, <laughs> one day you're talking with a friend about base jumping in the city because you know, it's COVID now they're, they're allowing us to do that again. And, and then the next day you're literally buying a lawnmower and you get excited oh, my about gosh. it. Which yes. Is, is, is you're comparing own. stats and horsepower and maybe I do need the double mulcher, triple re- reverse engine thing that, that they offer. Mulching. Like who goes out in a you know, backyard, has a beer and talk about mulch. It's like, no, 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 no. But it's, you know, it, it's part of the things that happen and we adapt to it and, and we're going through it. Um, so it's building that family ecosystem, especially in this, in this context of being separated from people. And I will say it, that has been also one of the most rewarding experiences because back home in Puerto Rico, even though we are all super different, we all come from the same mindset. We all think alike in many ways. Here, connecting and reaching out to people means that you get to be vulnerable and bring that diversity in. And it's been one of the most beautiful things to see Taya and our families interacting with people that don't talk like us, don't, don't even physically look like us. And it's that has been huge for us. I love that. I think that that element of diversity, especially early on, just presenting the world is bigger than yourself. I think that's something New York City really provides and, and larger cities in general. But New York is such a melting pot from that standpoint. All right. So I'm going to get you out of here for your train. But before you leave, give us some encouragement. Um, hey, guys, give yourself credit and cut yourself some slack. And Ooh, that's good. We, we want to get it right from the get go. We are not. We will fail. We are going to get mad. We want to throw things. And hey, find healthy venues to be able to do that, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's golf or mulching or whatever <laughs> you think is. You now know, you're up on your mulching all of yeah, a sudden. You're loving it. Get a tractor and no, you know, go out. <laughs> and, and there are healthy ways to stay connected physically and emotionally. But, but give your, cut yourself some slack. We, you got this. And you got this doesn't mean that you're going to get it right 100% of the time. But it does mean that, you, you know, you are going to keep at it and keep at it and, and do your best to be physically, physically there for your kid. And just in that alone, just get rid of that pressure because there are, yeah, that, just give yourself some slack. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna take that to heart. I'm gonna listen over and over to that. That's so good. I, especially I love what you said. You're gonna get it. We're gonna get through this, but it doesn't mean you're gonna get it perfectly. You're not gonna get it necessarily, quote unquote, right. But but it's gonna work. Uh, well, Eric, I know you've got a train to catch. I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you for attempting fatherhood. No, thank you for making this happen. I appreciate you, and you are amazing to connect with. I made this whole podcast just so that we could talk. That was it. Ooh, it's done. It, it Logo, me, website, all of it, just for oof, you. It just made, it, I, I just want to say something to you. Bring it. Come on, spend a little <laughs> more time on you. Wait, will you say... Will you sing Attempting Fatherhood, just just the title with that? I think that I may use that. That's cool. Attempting Fatherhood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, we can play uh, day, well, around this. But, all day, all yeah, day. But all right, buddy. Much love, bro. Yeah, likewise. I enjoyed it. Take care. Thanks, man. Peace. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.